Welcome to the Healthy Hair Podcast. Your host, Dr. Amy Brenner, is a board-certified OBGYN with additional certifications in functional and integrative medicine. This podcast is meant to help women find reliable, relevant information to help them feel better, look better, and live better. Here, you will hear in-depth information about hormones, sexual medicine, aesthetics, cosmetic gynecology, and functional medicine. Hello, podcast listeners. Today, you just have me. So I am going to talk today about some of the downsides of birth control. Back in episode 33, I talked about all the different options there are for birth control. So if you might, if you want to check that out, uh, you could hear that I go through some of the pros and cons and contraindications to different birth control methods. But today I want to switch hats because in that episode, I talked to you basically how any board certified OBGYN is going to talk to you. It's pretty ACOG, which is American College of OBGYN uh, sanctioned in that episode. I would think that almost every traditional trained gynecologist is going to agree with what I said in that episode. But for those of you that know me, you know that I wear a couple hats. I certainly still do traditional gynecology and prescribe birth control. I still do hysterectomies, tubal ligations, pap smears, STDs, all those kinds of things that um, every OBGYN um, physician does. And it's what we're taught in our training and in our residency. But as you know, I also have a different way to practice. And today I'm going to put my functional medicine or integrative medicine hat on. Uh, I did do some training outside of residency and got board certified through um, A4M or the Academy of Anti-Aging and got a board certification in functional and integrative medicine. So today I want to talk about birth control from a functional medicine standpoint. And it's certainly, the stuff I'm going to talk about today is none of this ever came out of my mouth in my first 10 years of practice because I never learned it. And this is not a doctor bashing session. Um, You know, certainly when I have patients come in and I bring up this side of medicine, sometimes I'll hear patients, well, nobody ever talked to me about this. Why didn't my doctor mention that? And I don't think any of these doctors, including myself back in the day, are bad doctors. We're just not trained this way to look at things from a functional medicine standpoint. So the stuff I'm going to share with you today about the downsides of birth control I never learned in residency. I never learned it in medical school. I only learned these things when I got my additional certification in functional and integrative medicine. So I want to set that straight. I also want to make it clear that I am not anti-birth control. Um, You know, I have three girls um, and a son, and I certainly don't want any unintended pregnancies. And I'm going to share with you my birth control story of, you know, I think I've tried pretty much every method out there. 
And, you know, preventing pregnancy until I was ready and, and, and married and ready to settle down and start my family is it allowed me to basically go to college, go to medical school, do a residency. Um, and w- certainly having an unintended pregnancy could definitely derail those plans or, or, or definitely make it a little bit difficult. So um, I am not anti-birth control. I just think it's important when somebody starts birth control that they are aware of some of the negatives that at least I never talked about it in my earlier days. So before we get into that, I just want to tell you about what I've done personally. Um, I grew up in a Catholic um, family, and so talking about being on contraception was certainly not something we talked about at the dinner table in my family of origin. It wasn't until I went to college when my roommates saw how much I was suffering every month with heavy bleeding and cramping and missing classes and bleeding through clothes that my roommates and friends were able to witness this and say, you need to go get on the pill. So I actually went to the the free college clinic and was actually put on birth control pills. Now, this was back in 1988. Um, and so there really wasn't a lot of options at the time. Uh, birth control pills were one of the few, if any. So I did that option for many years and did fine with it. As other methods became available, and especially as I was doing an OBGYN residency, I tried other things out. I tried the Depo-Provera shot once. I think I gained about 20 pounds with it. Um, And so then I went back to the pill and did that until I decided that I actually wanted to have a baby. So stopped taking birth control pills, had my family, And then after I had um, my three children, I um, then wasn't ready to do anything permanent at that time. I wanted to make sure. So I used the progestin-only IUD, which was great because I think it actually has less synthetic hormones in it than obviously the Depo-Provera shot or the oral contraceptive pills. It was great. I didn't have to think about it. It continued. I didn't have very heavy periods. But the downside was is I bled every single day for 18 months. I tried all my tricks I knew to make that go away, and it just wasn't successful. So then um, I started learning about functional medicine and learned about some of the negatives of synthetic hormones. So at that time, I wanted to be synthetic hormone free. So at that point, I then switched to the copper IUD. And I will say, this was when I started my healthcare journey and got off a lot of prescription medications and lost weight, my mood improved, got off sleeping pills, my libido came back. I just felt like myself again. And so from that standpoint, it was just wonderful. But the downside of being on the non-hormonal IUD is 
my periods were just wreaking havoc. I would bleed for 10 days every time I had a period. It was very heavy. And then my periods were three month, three weeks apart. So when you bleed for 10 days and then you only have three weeks apart, it felt like I was always bleeding. So I finally got to the point where I decided that I wasn't going to have any more babies. And so then I actually had um, a permanent method of birth control that was non-hormonal. So that was my story with birth control. Um, And so sometimes I like to share that with patients. There certainly weren't as many options as there are today. So now I want to switch gears and talk about some of the negatives. Um, I think there's a big myth out there that birth control pills or hormonal birth control fixes your hormones. A lot of times I have young women coming in and they're talking about mood issues and PMS and somehow they've gotten the message that birth control pills can fix your hormones. It absolutely does not fix your hormones. How it works is by shutting down your hormones. In the birth control pill, there's a synthetic estrogen component to it, and then usually a synthetic progestin. And by taking these medications is your brain sees it and then shuts down production of your endogenous hormones, particularly your own estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And so if we go into detail specifically about what progesterone and testosterone do, which I'm not going to go into detail on that, you can check out our other podcast or my website specifically of what those hormones do. But testosterone in general is, it's a feel-good hormone. It can help with energy, it can help with mood, and it can certainly help with libido. So when you take synthetic hormones in the form of birth control, it lowers your testosterone. So there absolutely is an effect of how it can lower your mood. In fact, if you take birth control pills, you're actually more likely to get started on an antidepressant compared to somebody who is not on birth control. It absolutely can lower your libido. My experience of taking care of patients though, has been that adolescents and young women who are on birth control typically do not report a decrease in libido. However, when I prescribe birth control for various reasons to women who are at the other end of the reproductive spectrum, perhaps closer to perimenopause, there is a significant decrease in libido that I've noticed with my patients. The other hormone I mentioned that it decline that it causes a decline in is progesterone. Progesterone is also that calming hormone. Uh, it also helps you have emotional connection to other people. Progesterone can help with PMS. So when you lower your pro- progesterone from synthetic hormones, you're at more of likelihood to have some mood issues and some PMS. The other hormones that birth control pills can affect is your thyroid. 
Birth control pills can af affect the conversion of T4 to T3. And T3 is the active form of hormone. It's what drives the metabolism of all of our cells. So symptoms of a sluggish thyroid can be weight gain, constipation, hair loss, loss of hair in the outer aspect of your eyebrows, and a lot more symptoms. The other hormone that birth control pills can interfere with is insulin. It can make you insulin resistant. Dr. Tiemann and I did a great episode where we talked in depth about insulin resistance. So you might want to check that out for more details on insulin resistance. So in a nutshell, because birth control pills affect all these other accesses of our hormones, I say not only does it work by shutting down your hormones to prevent pregnancy, but because it affects your thyroid and your testosterone and insulin, it can therefore also make you gain weight, have decreased libido, and be tired. So what a perfect form of birth control. The other thing that birth control pills do is it can deplete certain nutrients. Uh, it definitely causes a shift in your bowel flora. So it not only can it that lead to depletion of nutrients, um, specifically the nutrients of zinc, selenium, B vitamins, and magnesium. But because it shifts your bowel flora, it can predispose you to dysbiosis, leaky gut, or even food sensitivities. On a side note, it, oral contraceptives or the synthetic hormones can also increase inflammation, and it can be a cause of the marker for inflammation called CRP to be elevated. Birth control pills have been studied to prevent pregnancy. What I'd love to see in the medical literature are long-term studies on what long-term use of birth control does to our breast, to our brain, or even our bones. Now, we do know with Depo-Provera that there's actually a black box warning as it relates to bone health, that you should limit Depo-Provera use because it does cause a uh, depletion of your bone mineral density. So I think that all of these things are important when you're considering a hormonal method of birth control, that you should be aware that you are increasing the risk of nutrient deficiencies, hormonal deficiencies, and bowel dysbiosis. So what can you do about it? I do think being on birth control or hormonal birth control for the lowest the, the lowest dose for the shortest period of time is important. And then also replacing those nutrients that birth control pills deplete. Whenever I put one of my patients on birth control, I do like to discuss with them these potential side effects and recommend a high quality multivitamin B vitamins, a probiotic for that bowel support, and, and fish oil. Most of those are all things that I think everybody should take um, kind of forever. It's one of my baseline supplements 
um, I also did a podcast on that with Don, Don Johnson that the supplements that everybody should take in a little description of the reason why. So if you're considering birth control, which I know many of you are, uh, I just think it's something you should be aware of. And these are some little tips that you can do to help minimize those side effects of contraception. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the web. Go to www.dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material, or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical issues or diagnoses that they may have and should seek medical advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.